Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that bows down to Gen Z. Bow down to Gen Z. I'm Rewire News Group's editor-at-large, Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piclo, Rewire News Group's executive editor. Rewire News Group is the one and only home for expert repro journalism that inspires you to thank a Gen Z voter today. And the Boom Lawyered podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners and viewers. Wait, hold on a second. We, why are we in sepia tone, Amani? Oh, yeah. Why do you look so old timey? What's going on? Well, because we're about to talk about some real old timey shit. Right? Like some pre-Civil War abortion-related stuff. What? So just, I, you know, I mean, I wore my, like, I, I mean, I tried to dress as Civil War, pre-Civil War as possible. Nice dress, pearls, the whole nine. Although, you know, I likely I mean, you look gorgeous. I mean, honestly, I think I do. Thank you very much. But yeah, let's talk about some old-timey shit, Jess. I, okay. We, yeah. But I, I, I'm in a Wisconsin Badgers t-shirt. I look decidedly less gorgeous and glam than what you have going on. I thought we were talking about Wisconsin. We love, love the Wisconsin gear. You look fabulous. Bucky and forever. Bucky forever. We are talking about Wisconsin stuff and pre-Civil War old-timey stuff. So ah, let's get into it. All right. Okay. So last week, progressives won big in Wisconsin, right? Janet Protasowicz. Did I get it? You got it. Well done. <laughs> First take, folks! <laughs> this woman defeated Daniel Kelly for the Wisconsin Supreme Court seat by about 10 points, right? 55 to 45% according to NBC. This cements a 4 to 3 liberal majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It's the first time in 15 years that the court will have a liberal majority. And given the rights that are on the line in Wisconsin in this country, this is huge. It is so huge. I mean, we got abortion rights on the line. We've got voting rights on the line, right? Wisconsin is gerrymandered mm -hmm. to the hilt. We've got trans rights on the line. We've even got clean water and air on the line. Yep. The Supreme Court race in Wisconsin was absolutely critical, and Republicans knew it. They did, and what happened? Republicans lost big. They got pantsed, as Imani said on Twitter. <laughs> they got pantsed. They poured millions into this election and Gen Z just straight up outflanked them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The Wisconsin Supreme Court election and why it's such a big deal that progressive organizers, led by a bunch of whippersnappers who sure as hell have a lot more energy than you and I do... How they took back the Wisconsin Supreme Court and how generally you might be able to help take back courts in your state. It's very exciting. It's very so exciting. So exciting. So let's talk about that first thing we're going to talk about today, which is the human rights on the line in Wisconsin. Human yep. rights on the line in Wisconsin. The top line of the election is in Wisconsin, 
the Supreme Court will now likely strike down Wisconsin's 19th century abortion ban. I'm sorry. Did you just say 19th century? 19th century abortion ban. Wisconsin has an abortion ban from the year 1849. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. (laughs) 1849? 1849. That's pre-Civil War, right? Yeah. And because of the Dobbs decision, right, the Uh horrible Dobbs decision that we just were still living with the the repercussions of, well, that ban was resurrected. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So Wisconsin Attorney General Josh called, Mm -hmm. filed a lawsuit challenging the law almost immediately after the court's ruling in Dobbs, right? The court's ruling in Dobbs reanimated this zombie law, this 19th century abortion ban. 1849. (laughs) 1840, goddamn nine. So Josh Call said that he had no intention of enforcing the ban. Okay. But that wouldn't have prevented local law enforcement from uh, enforcing it. Mm, yeah, I mean, good point there. Fortunately, Governor Tony Evers said he would grant clemency to anyone prosecuted under the ban, but also, like, you've already gone through a prosecution. So thanks, Tony. That's great. But, you know, mm, that and that would have only applied for as long as both Evers and Call, or Evers, I said Evers, as, as long as Evers and Call were in office. So according to public, uh, Wisconsin Public Radio, Attorney General Call had this to say, and this was about the chilling effect that this uh, 1849 <laughs> pre-Civil War era abortion ban like, was having. So listen to this. My office has begun receiving questions from sexual assault nurse examiners who are wondering whether they can still dispense emergency contraception who are asking whether there's an exception under the 19th century abortion ban for rape and incest. The reality is, if that 19th century abortion ban remains in effect, sexual assault victims in Wisconsin will be required under Wisconsin law to carry their rapist baby to term without medical intervention. Which, yikes. Also, Good for them for calling this law out exactly as it is. The number of times he said 19th century abortion ban in one statement, thumbs up, man. And, you know, it's not just about abortion rights, right? The 19th century abortion ban is definitely the top line of the election. But other rights on the line include voting rights, right? Mm-hmm. You got to end gerrymandering in Wisconsin. Abortion rights, yeah, we already talked about the pre-Civil War abortion ban, right? We've got the right of trans students yep. to use pronouns that align with their gender identity when they're in school. We've got environmental rights on the line related to holding corporate polluters accountable for their pollution. This election was huge, ginormous, humongous. Humongous. Gimongous. So, <laughs> <laughs> so cut to the Wisconsin election last week, right? Mm-hmm. Milwaukee Circuit Court Judge Janet Protasiewicz. Did I get close? That right? Close. As a person named Imani Gandhi, I'm, I'm hoping Janet's going to give me a little bit of grace here, right? Okay. So Janet managed to beat Daniel Kelly and all of his dark money. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say all of his dark money, I mean all of his dark money. This was the most expensive judicial race in history. You mean Wisconsin history, right? No, not Wisconsin history. What? In United States history. What? <laughs> one can't. seat? One, one seat in an off-year election in Wisconsin. How? Yeah. What? Yeah. 
I know. It's amazing that Janet P was able to win by such a large margin. It really is. And honestly, that's thanks to organizers in Wisconsin, specifically Gen Z organizers in Wisconsin who outflanked a state Billion, a state of billionaire ding-dongs functionally, right? They're buckets of money and they're hand-picked pine cone of a candidate. <laughs> God bless Imani for writing pine cone of a candidate, Daniel Kelly. But look, I also want to acknowledge Wisconsin organizers in general. I'm wearing a Badger shirt for a reason. Undergrad Bucky forever. I am dyed-in-the-wool Wisconsin fan and... The state of Wisconsin as it exists right now is not the state of Wisconsin that I know. Do you remember 2011, Amani? Lo, those many yes. years ago. Wisconsin was one of the first gerrymandered states, like to the hilt, as Amani pointed out. And as Republicans were attempting to ram through a law that would have and eventually did bust up public unions in the state, some of the most powerful political organizing uh, factions there, what did Wisconsin progressives do? They occupied the goddamn Capitol and they did it in protest. They ran, right, at one point to deny a quorum. They were doing everything they could to block Republican lawmakers from trying to ram through the nonsense that now this Supreme Court election has sort of culminated in that response. So I want to give a shout out to that whole ecosystem, that whole life cycle of organizing. Because Imani and I talk about generational change a lot on this podcast. That is an example of generational change. And it's also an example of how, you know, state politics can inspire people to apply the same tactics to federal politics, right? Because if you recall, during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, I was on Twitter almost on a daily basis screaming that Senate Republican, I mean, Senate Democrats should walk out of the hearings. Don't even give those hearings any legitimacy. And I said at the time when people were saying, well, oh, no, if they walk out, then that means they won't be heard and blah, blah, blah. I said in two years, you're not even going to remember why I'm telling them to walk out. Right. You're not going to remember. The point is, is you've got to take that kind of action now. And the fact that Wisconsin Democrats just peace the fuck out of Wisconsin, I thought that was amazing. I really did. Yeah. But let's get back to this election. And this pine cone of a candidate. And this pine cone of a candidate. That's the second thing we're going to talk about today. Who the fuck is this guy? Bad news. Daniel Kelly is a disciple of Pat Robertson. Now, Pat Robertson used to play all the anti-abortion hits back when he ran for president in 1988, which... For those of you who like little factoids, that's the first time that our current president, Joe Biden, ran for president. Like, I quit. He first ran for president in 1988. I was 14. (laughs) I was 14. And now I'm 48. So (laughs) that gives you that gives you a little bit of a sense of the sort of the long arc of Joe Biden's career. Right. (laughs) My man is old is what I'm saying, but he's getting it done. He's getting a lot of good stuff done. So let's just move on from that. Pat Robertson is a guy who thought that the Supreme Court doesn't make final law. Okay. Sure, Pat. Why not? Sounds good, Pat. (laughs) He's also a guy who, during his campaign, was spreading lies about Planned Parenthood's effort to sterilize people of color, right? To make way for the master race. Oh, I know you love that. That's like Amani's thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, listen, you know how I love arguments about how Margaret Sanger was trying to individually sterilize every black person in America. Like, I love those kinds of arguments. It's a lie that will never die. I'm, I wrote the seminal piece on it. We she can did. link it in the show notes. But it's, it's a lie that will never die. And it actually might, it might drive me to an early grave, if I'm being honest. But No, no, we won't let it. We won't okay. let it. Okay. The thing is, is that Daniel Kelly isn't just Pat Robertson's disciple, okay? He went to law school at Pat Robertson's university. I love this story. Hold on to your butts, folks. Oh, Lord. The university shared a campus with Robertson's televangelism network, Christian Broadcasting Network, which, incidentally, I was raised on CBN. It was some wild stuff. But that's an aside. Guess, Amani, what his law school was called. Just take a guess. Um, Christian Broadcasting Network University School of Law. <laughs> Wait, stop it. How did you do that? How did you do that? That's no. not what it's called. No, that's no, no. an absurd name for a law school. For real, for real, for real, for real. Oh I am God, not, I am not making this up. I that's what it I was quit. called. Christian, look, it's in the script. It's in the script. <laughs> Christian Broadcasting Network University School of Law. Absurd. Right? Okay, Absurd. so obviously it was unaccredited. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, literally. <laughs> I'm like imagining like Jesus is my torts professor. <laughs> That's literally the joke I was just gonna make. <laughs> I was like, it's not law review, it's the last supper. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But truly oh god. that's where Daniel Kelly learned his regressive views about how God belongs in the law. This is what he had to say. I'm sure this is going to be great. To the inevitable objection that the law of nature and nature's God could not possibly have anticipated such topics as corporate taxation, <laughs> antitrust suits, or I can barely get through this without absolutely cracking up, or the constitutional incorporation doctrine. Well, I mean, I answer. Oh, no, we're not done. Uh, we're not I done. Answer, every legal question must rest on some foundational premise. And that premise must stand the test of measurement against the law of nature and nature's God, Amani. What the shit? <laughs> like, honestly, what the shit? Yeah, because everybody knows that God loves piercing that corporate veil. Like, I mean, he loves, you stick, you stick it in and pierce it. <laughs> Amani's making a corporate law sex joke for the folks who might not. I apologize. Actually, I don't. I stand in my joke and in my truth as a black woman. <laughs> But like, if you're, he's talking about, you know, measuring the law against of nature's God and all that. That sounds very Amy Coney Barrett of him, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. I mean, your legal career is but a means <laughs> to an end, and that end is but building the kingdom of God. 
Oh, sweet Jesus. Every time you do that, I swear I get chills. I get chills. It's chilling. <laughs> oh, God. Get it together, Gandhi. Okay. Unsurprisingly. I'm sorry, but what the fuck is God I mean, contemplating look. corporate taxation? I'm just like imagining like. Honestly, I, I I picture like Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> just the whole king I, I I feel like we didn't talk enough about the Justice Kingdom of God nonsense, right? Like Yeah. She's something else, our favorite right-wing Pam Beasley. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Wisconsin Right to Life, Wisconsin mm-hmm. Family Action and Pro-Life Wisconsin all backed Daniel Kelly. In addition, according to reporting from Evan Vorpal at Truthout, there were at least five different front groups that have been heavily funded by a billionaire named Dick Uline, right? These five front groups also backed Kelly. I'm sorry. Dick who? Dick Uline! (laughs) (laughs) Why have there been so many sex jokes in this episode? What's wrong with us? Oh, my God. Okay. So Dick Uline, he's an Illinois-based founder of a shipping company. Okay. And he funds a lot of right-wing causes through a series of, like, interlocking political action committees and dark money groups. Mm. Now, you may not have heard of him, but you have definitely heard, or probably heard, of another right-wing numpty that he supported for a state court election. Jess, do you remember Roy Moore? Do I remember Roy Moore? (laughs) Roy Moore, the dude who refused to remove the Ten Commandments from his courtroom, right? The dude whose Senate campaign went tits up after it came out that he used to prey on girls at the mall when he was a lawyer. Gross. Ew, that Roy Moore? Roy Moore, who was instrumental in advancing fetal personhood in Alabama long before anyone else was talking about fetal personhood? And Amanda yeah. Kimbrough? Yeah, Amanda Kimbrough. I was about to say, like, we've, we've talked about her a lot before. She's the woman that was snatched up by Alabama's chemical endangerment uh, statute, where essentially prosecutors and Roy Moore and the Supreme Court agreed that Amanda Kimbrough's womb was essentially a meth lab, and therefore she had to be sentenced to something like 14 years in prison, even though the law that they prosecuted her under specifically said that they were not, it was not instituted in order to entrap pregnant people. I mean, it was just, that's Roy Moore. That's Roy Moore. Um, Dick Uline (laughs) is more well-known or maybe most well-known as a primary funder of the Federalist. Oh. You know the Federalist. Like... Not the Federalist Society. No. The Federalist. The publication, the the Federalist. Okay, so if our... If viewers and listeners don't know the Federalist, think of it as if the Federalist Society had a fully unedited Reddit. That's basically what it is. It's full of... fully unedited Reddit. (laughs) It's full of everything right-wing and masks are completely off. That's the Federalist. That is the Federalist. Um, Dick Uline. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm going to emphasize his name every time I get a chance to say it. It's an absurd name. Richard Uline. (laughs) 
also poured millions of dollars into anti-abortion packs associated with the SBA list, right? Yeah, the Susan absolutely. B. Anthony list. Yeah. Regressive anti-abortion numpties. Back in 2021, he and his wife were the fourth largest donor wow. to anti-abortion packs. Fourth largest donor. And there are people who give anti-abortion packs a lot of money. So they must have given those folks a ton a of money. A ton of money. Basically, this dude has a lot of money. And he decided that he was going to shove anti-abortion policy down the throats of Wisconsinites, even though Wisconsin voters, by and large, opposed the abortion ban. This jackass from Illinois wanted to come to Wisconsin and just start shit. Wisconsinites have a very specific term for that. They're called fibs. Wisconsinites will know this. The fucking All right, I bastards. That. That's good. <laughs> but beyond whether or not Dick Uline is a fib... I just, I love Gen Z, Imani. You know why? They told Dick to get bent. I'm sorry! <laughs> but look, to my defense, she has been making these jokes all episode, and I have been holding that one in. Holding that one in. Oh, Jess. I'm this just is why saying, I love you, truly, truly. I'm just saying, look, this election was so important, and it's a wonderful outcome because hopefully people in other states where judges are elected can take a page from the Wisconsin playbook and begin to organize in their states. They put abortion and democracy at the center of this campaign. That's one of the things that we're seeing in the exit polling. Not only was it Gen Z to save the day, but Democrats absolutely explicitly ran on the link between abortion rights and saving our goddamn democracy. And it worked, right? And that's because also state court elections are so important. So important. And that's the third thing that we are going to talk about. Really, state court elections are really, really important, people. Okay? So, You've heard Amani and I talk all episode about just how critical this Wisconsin election was. And that's especially true given the Supreme Court's new salt the earth approach, basically, when it comes to civil and human rights. Like, civil and human rights? Who needs them? Right? The federal judiciary is borked. Like, borked. And people now are going to have to rely on state courts more and more to protect their human and civil rights. That means state courts are the new frontier when it comes to protecting the rights of people of color, LGBTQ folks, rights like reproductive rights, voting rights, the right to be free from discrimination and religious imposition. Increasingly, we are going to see these become issues of, of state law and state court battles. And look, ding-dongs like dick. <laughs> I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Ding-dongs ding like Dick don't dump millions into these races for funsies, no. right? These elections are critical. Conservatives have captured the federal judiciary, yep. right? And now they're trying to capture state Supreme Courts through large campaign donations that are not really donations. Th these donations are not charity. No. They are donations that, comes with, that come with strings attached. You know, a sort of I scratch your back, you scratch mine sort of thing. They're essentially lobbying judges. And that's not something you shouldn't be lobbying judges. Like the way that lobbyists lobby politicians on Capitol Hill. Yes. That's what's happening with out-of-state actors and state court judges. It's, it's, they're just counting on judges to interpret the law 
in accordance with regressive conservative principles that screw over everyday people. Yeah. And, you know, now that they finished undermining the public trust in the federal judiciary and the United States Supreme Court, they're now trying to undermine the public trust in state courts, right? Like mm -hmm. the public trust in the Supreme Court is fucked. It is. Particularly in light of the news that Clarence Thomas was just taking half milli vacations with his BFF Harlan Crow, a super billionaire guy who's one of, who I think is like the fourth largest donor to Republic to the Republican Party. Just a real rich guy, just sitting in a park at, you know, Harlan Crow's mansion, hanging around with Leonard Leo, the head of the Federalist Society, and a bunch of other jackasses who were associated with the Federalist Society. I mean, Clarence Thomas is a guy who should be impeached. But guess who Republicans in Wisconsin are screaming about impeaching now? Our homegirl Janet Peake. I was just going to say, not our lady Janet. Not our... Not our homegirl... Uh, our queen Janet P. She hasn't even done anything yet. Like, she, she literally just won. Yeah. So that, that shows the sort of bad faith we're talking about here. Oh, man. Fuck these guys. That's Seriously. all I got to say. Fuck these, fu these fucking guys. <laughs> these fucking guys. <laughs> so last thing. Yeah. I really do want to just do like a final shout out to Gen Z. Because, look, Jess, this is actually addressed to you. Oh. In the wake of Dobbs, you spent a lot of time this year talking about radical joy in the face of fascism, mm -hmm. right? About how important it is to do this work, not like somberly and so depressed all the time. Like, yes, things are dire and there's time to sit with that. But what a better way to face fascism than to be joyful in your organizing, right? Mm -hmm. And given what we've just laid out about who Daniel Kelly is and who the people who backed him are, I would say that Wisconsinites voted down fascism 100%. and they voted it down with a smile on their face, right? If you look at TikTok, it is hard not to tear up watching these kids, the, the, these videos of these Gen Z kids, not just organizing, but organizing enthusiastically and with joy. I mean, uh, the number of times that I cried over Gen Z from change and the college kids out there like in front of bars where I used to just get drunk. I wasn't doing anything like political organizing. I was just having some beers. And like, they did it. There, it's dancing. It's like just costumes. Yes. It's costumes. <laughs> it is taking the absurdity of the moment and meeting it with the joy that it needs because like truly the idea that this guy, some like election denier disciple of Pat Robertson and his buddies are now like, we're going to impeach this lady for winning, for yeah. winning. Yeah. Gen Z, you understand the assignment. They really did. And this kind of organization is so critical, right? And everyone can take a page out of Gen yep. Z's playbook, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, figure out if judges in your state are elected. And if they are, organize with your friends. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
Do people still make zines? Make a oh zine. God, zine. Make Rainbow a zine. <laughs> make a zine about all of the candidates and where they stand on critical issues like abortion rights, trans rights, environmental rights, and the like. Now, one of our resident Gen Z uh, editors, Natasha, told us that the kids are blogging these days, too. Blogging? They're so, blogging again? So start a blog. Oh, I love that. I love Gen Z. Start a blog. Ah, I, I miss blogging, actually. That's how we well, met, Amani. That is how we met. That's literally how we met and look I don't think people are making zines anymore as much as I mean zines were so great part of the counterculture of the 90s when when we grew up low those many years ago (laughs) right now it's all about TikTok yep and you know what the kids are all right they are using TikTok for good for change and I love to see it me too me too so Let's. What's the cocktail party takeaway of this episode? Like, if you if you want to if you want to flex on someone and 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 explain to them how you know about what went down in Wisconsin, first, Jess, talk about the generational change between 2011 and 2023. I mean, really, I I sort of teed it up earlier, but progressive activists and advocates in the state have not stopped since the Obama years, right? Like 2010 was the first Tea Party election for those of us who uh, remember those glory days. Um, They haven't stopped. And they haven't stopped in the face of losing election after losing election after losing election, not for want of trying, but for excessive gerrymandering. Gen Z was like, hey, there's literally no choice right now, but turn the fuck out. And if you look at the returns from places like Eau Claire, Wisconsin, it's not just Madison, where I'm familiar with. It's all of the places where there are Gen Z pockets. They did it. So that is generations working together. Our our Gen X and our elder millennials from 2011 passing the baton to Gen Z. You fucking love to see it. And they are they are clearly making an impact, right? Yes. I mean, I saw some guy, some GOP strategist on Twitter the other day, essentially complaining about how the GOP hadn't really gotten its message right on abortion and that everyone should support Lindsey Graham's 15-week ban because somehow the kids have been indoctrinated with liberalism and believe that the, the GOP wants to ban abortion without exceptions. Meanwhile, in South Carolina, that's exactly what they're trying to do. I mean, right? Lindsey Graham is from South Carolina. So this whole idea that they were going to send abortion back to the states is all horseshit. And now even the GOP seems to understand it because they are freaking out. They're literally claiming that all these Gen Z kids have just been indoctrinated, brainwashed, and they have to undo the indoctrination. Good luck, motherfuckers, because Gen Z is not did not come to play. I mean, just look at what went down in Tennessee, right? Like, they're 9, 10, 11-year-old kids uh, in that capital saying, fuck you, fascists, right? Like, this is a generation that just doesn't want to get shot at school, that would like to survive beyond a dying planet. Like, truly. It's 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 not that fucking hard, Republicans. It's not that hard. And Gen Z, I mean, they went through it, right? They're partially the lockdown generation. So now that they've sort of been unleashed, Look look out, world. So that's super exciting. Again, Gen Z, thank you. Thank you so much. And Jess, why don't you tell our listeners and viewers about our live show? I mean, Amani and I live in the same state, but we are actually traveling to Washington, D.C. to go hang out together. We will be live and in person at the Summit for Reproductive Freedom for Boom Lawyer's 200th 
episode. <laughs> That's like a shimmy. I don't know. You do a shimmy way better than I do in that outfit. That's all I'm going to say. Hey. Um, but we'll be there talking about religious freedom and the mm. Roberts Court in mm. front of a live audience. Woo! It's going to be amazing. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be so good. April 22nd. April 22nd. April 22nd. That's like soon. Be- Oh my it god! Soon. It's a couple of weeks, and and I'm hoping that I'll get to see you twerk in a hotel lobby again, because listeners and viewers, if you've never seen Jess in action, it's a sight to behold. This woman's a rock star. <laughs> And on that note, I'll stop embarrassing her. If you would like to talk about Jess's twerking skills on Twitter, <laughs> you can follow me at Angry Black Lady. You can follow Jess at Hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. You can and you should follow Rewire News Group on Twitter. And on Instagram, we have a new social media director, so it's going to start popping off again soon. So look for that. And please be sure to subscribe to YouTube oh, because yeah. that's where you're going to get notifications for all of our video podcasts. If you don't want to watch the video, I don't know why you wouldn't because take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But if you don't want to see that, <laughs> our producer just wrote, oh my God, in the chat. <laughs> but if you don't want that, you just want to listen, you can listen wherever you normally get your podcasts. You know, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And on that note, what are we going to do, Jess? Some lawyer has spring fever. I don't know, folks. We are going to see you on the tubes. See you on the tubes, folks. Bye.